Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Bee. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Big Nicks. Good morning. Yeah. 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 That's so, uh, that's correct. It is the morning. morning. It is good because you're listening to us and you love us. Damn it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see, at, at press time, the whole government shutdown thing is still going on. It's, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, I don't even have jokes about it. I just don't care anymore. I have an observation, okay? Here's one thing I've noticed from watching comedy over the past week. All right. Because there's people who generate comedy weekly, like this show, mm-hmm. and there's people who have to generate comedy daily. And like the Daily Show. Precisely. And I've noticed, like, after a couple days of getting pissed off about the same stupid thing yeah. over and over again. Because this isn't even the first time they've done shit like this. They've been doing threatened shutdowns for, like, years. Yes, yes. Every time the budget comes up. Uh, that's correct. So, and, and I'm like, at some point they're just going to say, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's get silly. And then Thursday night, Stephen Colbert straight up has a wedding. With a dude in a bear suit and Mandy Patinkin. That's exactly the kind of wedding I would like to have someday. Yeah, it's you know? pretty great. When every little boy dreams about his wedding, it's got a dude in a bear suit and uh, Inigo Montoya. Yeah, totally. That's actually, that's <laughs> actually probably right. When you say it, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> yeah. I was just joking because, you know, haha, little boys don't think about weddings, and it's like, yeah, but when they do, there's. Fucking bears and pirates, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Like you get, the, and then you get, you know, there's a princess or whatever. But, I mean. No, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so what I was thinking was for our show, since this is a weekly show, we haven't covered it yet. Yeah. We have basically two options. We can pretend we haven't been ground down into nubs of apathy by this yet. Or... Well, I was going to say we could say something analytical and thoughtful about the whole thing and the broken government process and da-da-da-da-da. Or we could roll a topic and hope it's amazing. Let's do that, because as I said, or at least implied, yeah. I have been ground down into a nub of apathy. So let's find something fun to distract us? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. By all means. Yeah. All right, let's fucking just roll right to the topic town. Do it. Topic town. That was phrased badly. You know, fuck it. All right, that is 19, let's say. Okay, what is topic number 19, Johnny? Topic number 19 is Arnold Schwarzenegger, specifically in The Running Man, which is easily his best movie. Submitted by Johan in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. I remember this topic. Thank you, Johan. Thank you, Johan. This topic was How submitted. How many Johans are actually in that one neighborhood? You probably outed yourself. Probably that one. Okay. What's up, friends of his? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guess what your buddy's doing. Submitting topics to our dumb show. You should, too. Actually, yes. Johan actually sent this in at a party. Yes. As in, he told me. Yeah, no, if and you can find us in person, you can submit topics in person. Yeah. That so, is the rule. Like, I hope I, hope I transcribe this properly because I'd have several several beers and mm-hmm. I was trying to like peck away at the notepad app on my iPhone. Well, hadn't he had several beers as well? Yeah, it he, was uh it was kind of a gone exchange. He might not remember submitting this. No, hey, if you and and like I, I don't know how to find him. Okay. So like hey anybody listening if you know Johan, yeah. let him know we did his topic this week. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. If you know a Johan, just tell him maybe it's the right one. <laughs> Let's let's get a thing where people named Johan start sending shit into this show, like from all over the world. Let's get a coalition of fucking Johans. Yeah, yeah the coalition of Johan. Well, this Johan submitted Arnold Schwarzenegger specifically in The Running Man, which is easily his best movie, which is a little bit of editorializing there in the topic, but... Right. Uh, um, you know, we reserve judgment until we've actually seen 
whether or not your man. claim holds up. Yeah, but... we should probably watch it. So we're gonna, basically we're going to watch The Running Man. Yes. All right. Yes. So uh, are we going to let, let's go do that? Let's go. Okay. Let's start digging. All right, Johan, editorializing accepted. Yeah, it was a pretty great movie. I think I fucking love the shit out of that movie. That was fun. That was a fun movie. You know, I've seen a lot of Schwarzenegger movies. I have never seen that one until right now. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen Hercules in New York. Again, I've that seen one. nobody has seen that one. I've seen you. all the Terminators. Uh, even three. Three sucks. Well, I understand three sucks, but have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen I've seen all four. That sucks. Yeah, there's I, four I, Terminator I movies. I stopped I've after seen. two. Like well, the same person. Well, then you saw both of the good ones. Well, good. I like. Yeah, them. but I've seen both of the Conan movies. You know, Predator. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've seen Last Action Hero. I've seen Twins. You know, <laughs> Twins. Yeah, I've seen Junior. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think we're getting out of the action milieu at this point. Well, obviously, obviously Schwarzenegger does comedy and he does action. Yeah, and like his the action yeah, movies are kind of his classic. He should. His action movies are yeah. good. Leave the jokes to the pros, Arnie. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but this movie... This is good. This, this is, is legitimately good. It's I, a I, good 80s action movie. It is an impeccably paced 80s action movie. I love the pacing. This movie, I'm, I'm like, just since we're going to start where the movie starts, mm-hmm. this movie cuts to the fucking chase. Yeah. 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 It's two minutes of helicopter fight, mm-hmm. four minutes of prison break, movie. Yeah. There's no fucking dicking around for an hour waiting for Arnold to become the Lone Ranger or whatever's happening in this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. And before anyone starts thinking, yeah, well, in really old movies, they dick around for a long time before you saw the monster. Not just old movies. Current movies. Yeah. They made seven goddamn origin stories before they got to the fucking Avengers, and then they had another hour of setup in that movie. Yeah. Okay. And if this movie, if The Running Man, I don't know, they're probably remaking it because nothing is holy anymore. Yeah. You know, they remade fucking Carrie because it needed it. For no reason. For no reason. No, I like Hit Girl and everything, but come the fuck on. Yeah, no, it's like, doesn't she have any other roles to prove she's grown up? No, I guess not. If but- not, I'll write one. I will gladly help you write that. Yeah, yeah. What's your name? Chloe Moretz. Yeah, Chloe Moretz and Maisie Williams. Uh, buddy Ninja Girl movie. Absolutely. They run around and stab people, okay? I would watch You want more Arya Stark? I will write that tonight. I, I will help you. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about if The Running Man was made today, yes. it would be an hour longer, Ugh. and the whole first hour would just be Arnold breaking rocks in prison before he goes on the show. Yeah. No, don't do that, because this is very well done. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they go... They give you exactly the amount of substance you need to tell the story without yeah. any garbage. Let's tell them the story. Okay. So it set, it takes place in uh, it starts out in 2017 yeah. and then it, it ends in 2019. Yeah, we're we're coming up on it. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's set up four years in the future. Yeah, well, um, it was longer back then, right? But uh, but yes. But so society is in a bad way, and uh, there's like a resistance movement. That's it's vague, but it doesn't need to be specific. It's kind yeah, of it's, it's like, a wee bit more totalitarian. There's riots going on yeah, in LA. It's like we're run by a totalitarian TV network, basically, in the future. No, 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 no. They the TV network still has to respond to like questions from the you know, district attorney and stuff. Like, well, yeah. The TV is not all powerful, but they're powerful enough. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the main antagonist of the film, certainly. Yeah, it's like if a totalitarian government, like, was, you know, there, but they were never on screen. You saw this one. That's actually kind of like what it is. A lot of, like, uh, uh, post-apocalyptic shit yeah. has, like, you see the big government guy. You see the president then, coming out to do his nightly address and execution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you always wonder, well, what's everyone else doing during all this? I see where the action here of the resistance going. What's everyone else like? This movie is actually that. Yeah, this is a movie about what everyone else does in in dystopia. Yeah, they watch they watch murder porn. They do. To, because not not like on South Park, like like yeah. actual like murder game shows. Yeah, it's the the premise of the movie is there is a game show called The Running Man where condemned criminals are sent in there to fight for their lives against uh heavily armed uh they call them stalkers. Yeah, yeah, I love this. They're like American Gladiator champion guys. But every one of them has like a gimmick weapon. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they're, they're sort of like, I don't know if I want to call them super villain henchmen, but. But like, yeah, they're not like the, they're like the muscle in a Bond movie. Kinda, yeah. yeah, like they all have an identity. Yeah, but, but yeah, every one of them has some kind of gimmick, like there's the, the the ice guy and the fire guy and the lightning guy and the chainsaw guy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. My favorite is Dynamo because he's got three things. He's the lightning guy, but he's also the opera Roman guy. Yeah, he's he's dressed like a Roman. He's, he's covered dressed like LED a D light. He's dressed like a neon Roman. He sings opera. He comes out singing opera for no reason, shooting lightning from his hands. I mean, it's pretty hardcore. It is. It but, is. Whereas, like Fireball comes out and he's got. A flamethrower, yeah. and he shoots shit He's on fire. He's got a flamethrower and a jetpack. It's pretty basic compared to Opera Lightning Man. Opera Lightning Roman Man. Yes. Yeah. It's but but yeah, like Chainsaw Guy is basically just a dude that loves chainsaws. Well, who yeah. doesn't? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, Ice Guy. He has somehow he lures them in the during the game. He lures them into an ice rink. <laughs> And then he skates up to them, and he has a hockey stick with a blade on the end. That was the most... I was worried when he came out, because I was like, wait a minute, this isn't going to be all hockey-based fights. I was <laughs> kind of hoping for a little more hockey fighting, but... It's it's like in Batman and Robin, yeah. another Schwarzenegger movie. Where there's the hockey fight. Yeah, it's like, well, we have to lure the hero onto ice, or we can't do all these ice jokes. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Batman, he just had magic skates pop out of the Batsuit. Schwarzenegger, on the other side of that fight, he didn't need gimmicks. He didn't need gadgets. Schwarzenegger held his own in that fight on ice in a suit that I assume had very little traction. It was basically just a spandex jumper. Yes. Yeah. So Schwarzenegger plays Ben Richards. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, this is based on a book. They didn't decide his name would be that. Well, two things about that. One, this is, I read the summary of the Bachman novel that this is based on. This is nothing like the movie. Yeah, this is based on one of the books Stephen King wrote as Richard Bachman. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 the novel, if you're looking for a faithful adaptation, no. There's the two characters uh, that are similar, and there's a game where people are hunted. That's it. The entire backstory is completely different. Everything else about the movie is completely different. Pretty so, much. so, but Ben Richards is a like a, a paramilitary cop, basically yes, in and, dystopia. Yeah, in dystopia, there's a riot full of unarmed civilians. He refuses to open fire on them as ordered. Um, yeah, he's uh, basically promptly relieved of duty and tossed in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then someone else opens fire, and then after the fact, it's like, 
Oh, this guy who went to prison? He's the one who killed the civilians. Ooh, conspiracy. Frame up. Yeah, yeah, they frame him up for it. Um, he meets a resistance movement in, prin- in prison. Yeah. In, in, with no bullshit. There's no 20 minute reveal of, here's our underground society. We'll tell no. you what's what. No, he's already met them off camera. Yeah. The f- and they're already planning the way out. Yeah, 10 minutes into this movie, he has already been framed, gone to prison, met the resistance, formed the plan, broken out of prison. Yeah. And it is done so quickly, so perfectly paced, it gives you all the information you need with as little time and as little exposition as possible. It's so tight. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's just like, wow, why don't they make movies like this anymore? And why is is every movie all exposition for the first hour? The closest closest parallel I can come up with are the 11-minute comedy shows on Adult Swim at midnight on Thursday. Yeah, it's like, look, we don't have a lot of time for bullshit. Let's go. Yeah, it's got the pacing of NTSFSDSUV or Children's Hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... (laughs) Look, audience, you're smart enough to know how this works. Let's cut the crap and go. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. But so, anyway, so Ben Richards uh, runs to the city, has a plan. His plan gets fucked up. Yeah. And he gets recaptured, and uh, they make him uh, a, a contestant game on show. the game show where if he can survive, he may get a pardon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, the other thing about, I just wanted to, to say about Ben Richards, I love. That everyone in Hollywood has decided. Mm-hmm. When Schwarzenegger plays a human, when he's not a robot or a god or a monster, yeah, he's just he just has a regular name, just There's, an American like mm-hmm. English name. No yeah. one ever tries to give a backstory to account for that incredibly thick Austrian accent. No, I mean no one cares. And and like I said, this is give or take based on a book. Right. You know, or at least the name of his character is based on the name of a character in a book. The, yeah, well, no, the character is Ben Richards in the book. Yeah, so yeah. in this case, they were a little bit, uh, you know, stuck on that one. Right. But the thing is, Arnold Schwarzenegger has, for most of his career, been mm-hmm. a bona fide movie star. And yeah. has done roles that were written for him. Mm-hmm. And at no point was somebody like, maybe we could call him Hans Schlossberg. No, it's always John Smith. Hollywood and America... Just, yeah. we're on board with him playing whoever so fast. Yeah. It's kind of, that doesn't happen very often. No, no, you know? no. I mean, for the most part, like, for the most part, you don't have guys with thick accents. Like, you get, you know, Hugh Laurie playing an American, and he has to do a fake American accent. Yeah. 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 So, no, no idea, like, how that, that conclusion was, uh, we don't know how that happened, but we're kind of... Glad it's, that it did. It's amusing to us. I think it's cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have a you know any deeper analysis than that. Oh well, okay. I well, mean, he was Arnold Strong, but that didn't change his accent. No, no, yeah. it didn't. He was very briefly a strong man. Played Hercules. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah, you keep going back to that well, man. It's a great movie that no one's seen. I disagree. <laughs> you haven't seen it. I still disagree. All right. Well, we're talking about The Running Man today. We are talking about The Running Man today. <laughs> it's not a great... Well, <laughs> Hercules in New York is not a great movie. Well... It's a movie that makes me smile. There you That's go. That's not the same thing as a great movie. Well, I, I, I... It's not about that. I enjoyed The Running Man, as I've said already. Yeah. And I'll tell you, 90% of what brought me to it, because I mean, I don't want to say... I don't want to go as far as saying Schwarzenegger is the weak link in this film. Schwarzenegger. I Schwarzenegger is not a great actor. Schwarzenegger cannot... (laughs) He has a reputation for delivering wisecracks Uh post-kill, and he gets a bunch in this movie. 
<laughs> That's true. And he does not deliver a single one of them naturally. <laughs> and, uh, and and also, also, this movie came out uh, three years after the original Terminator. Uh-huh. And they worked in an excuse to have him say, I'll be back. They did. For a while, that was his catchphrase in every movie yeah, he did. It like, didn't last long. Yeah, but I mean, back then, because, again, this is probably something you couldn't get away with now. Just referencing another of an actor's movies in a movie, unless you're doing, like, Arrested Development or something, you know. Mm. Unless you're doing something that's deliberately shoving itself up its own ass. Yeah. In a good way. I mean that in a good way. I like Arrested Development. Don't email us about that. <laughs> but, but yeah. It, 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 the, the, the idea of giving Schwarzenegger a catchphrase that he could use in every film, regardless yeah. of the script... That well, died off eventually, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, and come on, man. In movies, guys who go places generally do come back. So, And you remember in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Like, when, you know, Schwarzenegger Mania was at its height. That was the absolutely the peak. Was Everyone was doing hasta la vista, baby, yeah. I'll be back, etc. Yeah, it's like, wait, this is a different robot. Why does he know that? It, but we we we're okay with it. We're, we were all cool with it. Yeah. Well, also, "I'll be back" can mean different things. That's why it worked. Like well, yeah. this one, it's a threat. Yeah. When he's talking, to, when he's saying, "I'll be back" to John Connor. Yeah. He's like, "I'm I'm going to come back and help you again. Yeah. I'm, I'm your loyal, faithful robot pal." But regarding who he's threatening, this is what I was getting at. Uh, yeah. The uh, Damon host, Killian. Damon Killian is the name of the the host of the Running Man game show. Right. Now in the eighties. There were a lot of old character actors, a lot of shitty old Catskill comedians and stuff left over from the 50s and 60s. Sure. Still alive. They could have cast any one of those fuckers in the role of the host, but they didn't. You know who they cast? They cast Richard fucking Dawkins. Er, pardon me. I knew I would fuck that up. I knew I would fuck that up. I knew it. I knew I would fuck that up. I wish. I wish it was Richard Dawkins. It was not Richard Dawkins who, for our listeners, is... The man who you are probably mad at on the internet right now because it's the internet. No, uh, Richard Dawson, pardon me, the king <laughs> of family feud and serial granny kisser, Richard fucking Dawson. Yeah, yeah, they, they got an actual old game show pro. Uh, uh, the consummate pro. That man has Frenched more moms than, <laughs> I don't know, I can't think of anyone else who does that. Okay, well, you remember when, um, um, um... <laughs> <laughs> Not like he does, man. He was a fucking pro. Yeah, when you put it that way. Um, <laughs> okay, you remember when Bob Barker shows up in like an Adam Sandler movie yeah. and it feels cheesy as shit? Yeah. Opposite of that. Exactly the opposite of that. It's I absolutely believe... Because, I mean, the thing is, it's this very weird, dark, all, like sort of self-aware role for him. Because mm -hmm. off camera, he is such an asshole. He's raging at everyone. He's... You know, just making fun of people and being a dick. Yeah. And then on camera, of course, he's hosting a show where contestants get murdered. <laughs> right. And then for a real game show host to just say, yes, I want to do this. I want to give the big speech at the end about how we are all helpless in the face of ratings. If people want to see murder, we're going to give them murder. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. To give that speech in a film is just ridiculous. Yeah. 
Like, you know, people always talk about now, whenever some actor or some crappy comedian or something needs a little career rehabilitation, uh-huh. they do the self-aware role where they're like, yup, I fucked up, or yup, I'm not funny, or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. Fucking Dane Cook went on Louie and, like, had a fully scripted argument with Louie about the joke theft, you know? Oh, right, yeah. And, like, you know, oh, suddenly, oh, maybe Dane Cook's not so bad. He has a sense of humor about himself. Richard Dawson was doing that in 1987. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. This was only two years after the end of his stint on Family Feud, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to his IMDb page, 1976 to 1985, yeah. he was the host for that show. And, like, they were clear. I don't know if this role was written just for him, but I, I feel like they went back and edited the script to make it just for him, because he has a lot of interaction with grannies in the audience on this movie. In this movie, oh yeah, like, yeah, that is a recurring theme. He gives like, people the home game when they name their yeah, favorite, the, the uh, Running Man board game. <laughs> like, yeah, because the audience, he picks people out of the audience to yeah. like decide who the next stalker to chase down Arnold is going to be. Yeah, so Agnes, who's your favorite stalker? Oh, it's Sub Zero. Yeah, he's like, well, uh, my husband and my son have their favorites, but, ooh, I like my men big and cuddly, so... (laughs) Dynamo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's amazing. He straight up kisses grannies in this movie, just like we want him to do, okay? Because that's what he's good at. We haven't even gotten to the other stalker. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Jesse Ventura plays Captain Freedom. He is a former stalker who is now, like... The, the host of, like, the... He, like, does the man-on-the-street stuff for the show. Yeah. Like when an ex-football player becomes an ESPN commentator. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Yeah. Except he's Jesse fucking Ventura, and he's playing a, a former TV murderer. Right. He was Captain Freedom from yeah. the previous generation of stalkers. Yeah, he's one of the ones who made it. <laughs> and, and, okay, so I was, I, was, I was watching this film with my girlfriend. Magnificent right? head of hair on Jesse, by the way, in this movie. I've was, never seen him with hair before this. It was cool, right? Yeah. But all I told her was, oh, it's an old Schwarzenegger movie, yeah. uh, uh, The Running Man. And so we're sitting there watching it, and the opening credits roll, <laughs> and we're watching, like, they're getting ready for the helicopter scene, and then Jesse Ventura's name comes up, and she just gives me this look, like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Jesse actually did good for what the role is. Jesse but brings it in weird. that role. <laughs> it's weird, though. I feel like there were pages that did not make it into the final yeah. cut. Well, that's the thing. Jesse only gets one big fight scene. And, I mean, obviously he really did it. You know, he's a real person. They had to shoot it with real actors. Right. But in the film, yeah. the, the conceit is this whole fight scene that we see is actually completely computer-generated. And it's used to create a fake ending for the show after Arnold escapes. They they fake his death using a CGI ending. This is interesting to me. So this film was made in 1987. We did not have that technology. That technology could not have existed at all in 87. This, the, this edit takes place in the year 2019. We can do that now in 2013. We are very close to being able to do it perfectly, have it look exactly like real actors. I wouldn't be surprised if by 2019 that is completely possible. Absolutely. Tupac hologram. Yeah, man. You know. One more console generation and we're there. Absolutely. So, like, they they predict... If, if nothing else, if the whole future dystopia thing is a little off, 
you know, the death TV, they predict video editing so perfectly. Yeah. That That is exactly when that will be doable in that time frame. Video editing, uh, deceptive or selective editing and reality programming, Mm -hmm. uh, CGI to fake stuff like CGI hoaxery. Yeah. And hell... When they, when, when the, the, the girl in the movie. Yeah. Uh, is pulling the, the video of, you know, what really happened and how Arnold got framed. Right. It looks kind of like an SD card. Yeah, it does. It does. Hell, extreme, uh, uh, game shows. Yeah. Season one of Naked and Afraid. At least one of those contestants almost died. Yeah. 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 And so, right there, I mean, like, that's the thing. Everyone loves to look at old movies and be like, oh, that's prophetic. They really predicted stuff. But then all it is is like, you know, somebody in an old movie is like, oh, my friends won't leave me alone. Oh, see, see, they predicted Facebook. No, they fucking didn't. You know? Yeah. Or like, oh, Super Mario Brothers predicted 9-11. No, no. <laughs> that was all. Wait, a- wait, whoever made that claim? The people who saw the World Trade Center fucking blow up in the Super Mario Brothers movie. When does that happen in the Super Mario Brothers movie? At the end, I don't know. Does it? Well, it doesn't blow up all the way, but <laughs> something hits it. It does. They, they released the Mushroom King. <laughs> Not the end end, like towards the end. I don't remember that. Well, the point is, they talk about it. (laughs) I don't think Super Mario Brothers entered, yeah. No, it didn't. That's the point. It was a lucky guess. It was a, they're big buildings, you know, they're gonna come up in a movie at some point. Yeah. You know, but, uh, the, the point is that, yeah, no, that, that didn't actually happen. This movie actually did do a decent job of predicting some shit. It was good at predicting details. Yeah, a little uh, like like yeah, the little stuff of like what technology would be up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I was actually surprised by how close they got on a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean but, their their computer their computer password interfaces were off, but I mean yeah. whatever. That was the eighties. Yeah, but, but speaking of like you just mentioned, you know, look, getting the funny look when Jesse Ventura's name came up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of surprises in the casting of this film, yeah, the leader of the resistance uh-huh. is oh, played I love by. This. Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac. The Mick Fleetwood. The Mick yeah. Fleetwood. Now, I am operating right now under the assumption uh-huh. that this was Mick Fleetwood as himself. <laughs> they they only ever address him as Mick in the film. Well, A, that's a hell of a name for any character, you right. know, yeah. especially when they've got a guy really named that. It's pretty much him and Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, right away, that's probably him. And then when Arnold comes up, you know, to join the resistance, he's like, uh-uh, you were a cop. You were one of the guys who burned my songs and threw my bandmates in jail. So at the very least, he's playing an old musician named Mick. Yeah. And so and so, I like to think this is Mick Fleetwood as himself. And then the best part is, uh-huh. he's got this sidekick named Stevie, who, by the way, is played by Dweezil Zappa. He's Get one, gets like one line in the whole movie. <laughs> but it's like played by like a 17-year-old Dweezil Zappa. Yeah. And the thing is, the character's name is Stevie. Uh-huh. So I like to think that after Stevie Nicks was thrown in jail, <laughs> Mick Fleetwood just grabs this teenager and he's like, you're going to be my new Stevie. <laughs> For all I know, he's actually playing Dweezil Zappa, who in this dystopian future is now the apprentice of Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, maybe he's like the Ice King. Like, he went crazy and he just calls everyone Stevie now. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. Mick Fleetwood kind of looks like Simon right before he turned blue. Yeah. I mean, in this movie he does. Yes, he does. He, yeah. he does not look unlike the Ice King in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the beard. He's got the hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Put a little crown on him. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. You just replaced Dweezil Zappa with Marceline. Or a penguin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this theory is wonderful, yeah. by the way. Yes, maybe this movie is about the prelude to the Mushroom War. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if we could tie those two things together. If we could yeah. say that Running Man occurs in the Adventure Time universe. Well, they... Fuck it, we just said it. Okay, you know, one of the reasons I've praised Farscape so much is that it exists in, in the near future of our universe, like yeah. they're aware of other media. Yeah. There's, so, okay, so it, it, they make references to old TV. Yeah. Like while they're making this crazy game show. So they make a Gilligan's Island reference, and then it's a, it's a slight recurring joke. They do it like twice. Yeah. So at one point, uh, uh, you know, game show host, Killian, he makes a Gilligan's Island reference, and then he, he's on the phone, and he's like, it's a TV show? Yeah, the one with the boat. Ah, ask your parents. Yeah. yeah. And then, and so then Mick Fleetwood later, yeah. right, he's, he's, uh, he's talking to Dweezil, and he says they're almost ready, like their plan is going through. Yeah, so like they're, they're trying to hack the communications network to put like their subversive video on the air. Right, it's yeah. the resistance is gonna like show the truth to the people watching the game show feed and yeah. it's gonna lead their revolution. And he says, Mr. Spock, you have the con. Great, great classic Star Trek reference. Yes. And Dweezil just goes, what? And and Mick Fleetwood has this this look of like uh disgust. Just exasperate. Yeah, there was a recurring riff of just yeah, the the old timer saying something about old TV and then the younger generation not knowing what it is. And because it's set four to six years in the future. Yeah. Like it's it's very relatable because now who, you know, remembers old TV? You know, you got your abeds and then you got your, you know, podcasting geeks who are obsessed with like, you know, Dissecting every element of yeah. like pop culture, taking everything, shoving it up its own ass. Yeah, again, I mean that is a compliment. Yeah, so if like I made a Spock joke, like I get Spock jokes. If I made a Spock joke to a seventeen-year-old yeah. and they were like, "Who's that?" Yeah, no. same basic thing. I mean, it's certainly nobody in nineteen eighty-seven would have predicted a reboot of classic Trek. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? That's the year Next Generation started. Well, I know. Yeah. But nobody would have predicted a reboot of Kirk and Spock. Oh, well, no. 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 That's, That's what true. I'm saying. Oh, I, th- I thought you were being funny about Next Gen started that year. Like, well, right after they finished filming it, basically. They were probably... They could have been filming... I don't know if this was made at Paramount. Yeah. They could have been filming, like... in nearby houses well exactly I mean yeah. well that's the thing like, you know even it could be a joke about that oh kids today they only know Picard you know? right right <laughs> which hardly anyone knew Picard yet yeah but, yeah. yeah but you know that was a hey, betting on the success of their uh, their other production there yeah that's if true. it was Paramount which I don't think it was <laughs> yeah but yeah no one no one predicted the the, the, the new the J.J. Abrams, J. J. Abrams Star Trek, stuff yeah, yeah. no J.J. Abrams was a fucking child at the time and yeah yeah so he's like our age He's a little older, but... He, Not much, but yeah. He, he young enough to make us feel like failures, so... Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, the the weird random introduction of, you know, the reboot of Kirk and Spock has put a damper on that one joke. But I mean... True. 
between just the amount of time that's passed and the fact that they're living in a crazy dictatorship, mm-hmm. yeah, the kids today they don't know about Gilligan. Yeah, but it's nice. It's nice that it roots it in our future. You know. Yeah, where Gilligan did exist, and yeah, Richard Dawson remembers. It's not like on Star Trek when you know Tom Paris isn't watching you know reruns of Gilligan's Island or yeah. The Running Man. He's watching made up Captain Proton movies. You know, you could have gone with uh, <laughs> you could have gone with Picard and Dixon Hill there, but you went with, uh, with Tom Paris. <laughs> you went with Voyager there. I noticed. I rewatched every episode of Voyager last year. Because I ran out of DS9. Well, you could have watched any. You could have just watched DS9 again. <laughs> I should have. Yeah, it's better. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. DS9 but, is good. Yeah, no, and <laughs> we are like leaving out so much still. Like, I mean, we're ta- we're covering some of the bases. I don't want to slobber over the pacing again, but one more time, just to give Let's you some slobber context. over the pacing. Yeah. So obviously, the point of the film is the Running Man game show. Schwarzenegger has to, you know, get to the end of the, like, 400-block radius dungeon. Yeah. Um, Which sounds big, but that's 20 by 20. Yeah, it's cordoned off, you know. And it's... And And and, people can get in. (laughs) Yeah, and they do, yeah. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of gladiators coming after him. That's basically the meat of the movie, right? To get to it, there's, like, less than half an hour of bullshit. Yeah. Like, they just pow, pow, pow. You actually get... It's like a 90-minute movie, maybe 100 minutes? Uh, yeah. Like that? I mean, like, it's about 90 minutes of actual meat and then credits, you know? Anyway, yeah, it's 101 minutes. So, yeah, you get maybe 20, 25 minutes of build-up and then meet the whole way. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not a three-hour movie. It's not Dark Knight Rises. Absolutely not. Oh, no. Yeah. No, Arnold puts on his costume early and keeps it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, though, so there's a resistance movement, like we said, yes. right? So you've got your, your supporting pals who are barely explained, but it yeah. doesn't matter. It's like you get exactly enough to know kind of their roles in the movement, you know? You've got the guy who has the connections, and then you've got the nerd slash hacker. Yeah. The hacker, by the way, the nerd for an 80s film nerd... Oh, yeah. ...is fucking brave. Like, he is dedicated to the cause. See, because the thing is, Arnold just wants to survive and kill these crazy costume gladiator guys and get out. Yeah. Like, he's focused on the thing. He's not in the resistance. He's just buddies with a couple of guys in the resistance... The, the nerd figures out where they are and what's going on, and immediately is like, dude, this is the thing we've been looking for. We can go fuck with it. Mm-hmm. Like, we can bring this down. And Arnold's like, I don't really care if we bring this down. I'm trying to kill these motherfuckers and get revenge. Yeah. And they're like, and so the nerd's like, alright, well you go do that. I'm gonna go save the planet. Yeah. And he just goes and does it. Yeah, and, and, and gets killed, but not before he gets the codes and yeah. passes them on. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty badass nerd character. It is, it is. And we're completely leaving out mm-hmm. the, uh, I don't even know if she's actually the love interest or if she's just a woman who's in the movie. I oh, mean, right. She's the only girl. She's the only girl, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, but it is, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Uh, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso Who plays, you never see anymore She plays Amber Mendez Yes I actually had to Wikipedia to see if she was even still alive Because she's one of those actresses who just kind of disappeared Yeah But it turns out, you know, she's 
like alive and big booster for the Republican Party. And okay, maybe there is a liberal Hollywood conspiracy to deny her work. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's actually been in a ton of shit. Yeah, but it's mostly stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, but uh, I, I just would like to praise whoever was in charge of. I, I don't know if that's hair or wardrobe or what, uh-huh. but for the most part, considering this is an '80s movie taking place in the future, yeah. She does not look ridiculous for most of this movie. No, I mean my I think my favorite Amber moment is when like she gets into the into the Running Man game show. Yeah. And the first thing she does when she meets up with Arnold and his teammates yeah. is she ties her hair back cuz they puts, got shit to do. She puts her hair up in a sensible bun. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have crazy big hair. There's one scene of her at work in her, you know, future work clothes where she has the crazy big collar and the shoulder pads. Right. But, you know, the rest of the movie, she does not have that. And it's like, good for you, whoever was in charge of that, for just recognizing how ridiculous that would look to to people of the future and not doing it. Yeah, pretty much. Because there is some ridiculous-ass 80s hair in this movie. Like, (laughs) during the game show itself, during all the interludes, like, the the, the TNA squad comes out. Yeah. It's just these... right. Now, that was pure 80s. That was pure 80s. The crazy spandex dance. It's this ridiculous, synchronized spandex dance by these women who are made entirely of... Hairspray and silicone and flat asses just doing their 80s dance. Yep. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I, I guess that was fun for people back then, and we thought maybe game shows in the future would go in that direction. They haven't. It turned out Regis. But, uh, well, you know. You know. Yeah. Like, but but hey, you know, they predicted what lighting would be like in 21st century game shows. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, the, well, the very dim, spotlighty, lasery. You know, well, you mean like your weakest link kind of game shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the other the other side of that is like Drew Carey. Well, or uh, um, Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like Drew Carey took over for Bob Barker. You change one thing on The Price Is Right, that's the end of society. The riots will never end. Yeah. If you decide Plinko needs to look more modern, people will. Kill you and tear you to pieces like Mussolini, okay? Or they'll at the very least kill themselves. I think a lot of people will die if you decide Plinko needs to look more modern. You don't fuck with Plinko. It's like a foundation of something people care about. Yeah, Plinko. It's the foundation of Plinko. People care about Plinko. I don't know what happens when Pat Sajak dies. Cause like I, I don't know either. Because <laughs> he's been at it for a long ass time. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you what would happen. Yeah, like I, I'm I, a little worried. I think I'm gonna like call in sick that week just to like hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're 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 worried about like the granny riots. I mean, a little. Aren't, I, aren't you? Well, we're not in Florida, just, but yes. You I mean, said the words "granny riots." Isn't that scary? Now that I say it, yes. Yeah. 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 No, I've. Uh, yeah, you're right. Now that I say it out loud, that is a prospect that I am not looking forward to. Unless it's a pussy riot cover band. Okay. People of Boca Raton, <laughs> get on that. You are bored. You have interest outside of bingo. Come on, some of you have to play instruments. There's old Russian ladies in Sheepshead Bay. Actually, yes. Yeah, let's hook that up. Dude, we could... Uh, we could be we the Svengali of senior citizen cover bands, okay? Actually, that's not a terrible idea. Why is this not our life? 
Um, I can't I, answer that. Yeah, we may no. have a new plan. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Any elderly folks who would like to say to the world, you know, we've had enough boy bands, it's time for a man band. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We can make this happen for you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if we want to do an old Pussy Riot cover band, an old One Direction cover band, whatever, okay, <laughs> let's... Let's do this, okay? Anyone okay. listening? Yeah. Fuck it. This is my life's work. Old people don't listen to the show. But well, we they can could. find. They have the option. They're track downable. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids are buying them smartphones. Right. You know? Yeah. Sure. Teaching them what to poke. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So. uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was the movie. But we've moved on now. Okay. Anyway, the Running Man is cool. It is. It like, is. It is check worth, it out. really worth checking out for just a, a perfect example of. How much better the pacing of action movies was in the 80s? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some well-paced action movies nowadays, and they've all got Jason Statham. But <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a fan, but I'm an enthusiast. Okay? That's fair. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, what do I want to see? I want to see 90 minutes of uninterrupted Statham owning motherfuckers. You know, that's understandable. I don't want to see him dicking around with a plot. You know, I just want to see Statham owning fuckers for ninety minutes. And yeah, yeah, like I mean, Arnold's motivations are a little simplistic. Like we get right away, okay, he's a good person. He won't, he won't murder innocents on orders. He will jeopardize his career for his principles. Yes, cool. And you know, there's a resistance movement. He's not that into it. He's he's actually pretty cynical. Yeah, he like, he just wants to start over. You know, get out of the fugitive business and just start a new life in Alaska. Or yeah, whatever. there's there's evil shit he won't do, but otherwise he wants out of it. Yeah, he wants to like escape to Hawaii. Yeah, but then like basically, you know, once evil shoves itself into his face, yeah, he fights back. He Ab- takes it down. Absolutely. Like Arnold's motivations are not that complicated. He's and- like. As is always the case with any post-apocalyptic game show movie. Uh-huh. Because, fuck it, man, Hunger Games has made that a genre at this point, I think. That's fair. As is always the case, uh-huh. gradually he wins over the audience and suddenly they're on his side. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good trope. Like, everyone's cheering for the stalkers, but then they see this, you know... The, 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 the su- supposed criminal winning, and it's like, they don't care what he did. They want to see the guy who wins. Yeah. Which is actually kind of fucked up. But well, yeah. It's like, whoever can draw the most blood, they're going to cheer for. I mean, <laughs> but, that's true, but... But, you know, he was all... innocent. He was innocent of his original crime. He had to kill a bunch of people to prove it, but... Also, the stalkers are bullies. He's unarmed. He is unarmed, that... and they all have weapons. They all have crazy weapons. Actually, yeah. They, they have ice guns and lightning guns and flamethrowers. And grappling hooks and... and chainsaws, yes. Yeah. And also, when they... There's the the fake staged fight with Jesse at the end. Oh right! But before that, they want to send him in for real. Yeah, and he refuses oh, because yeah. he's an old school stalker. He doesn't believe in using gimmicks or weapons. He wants to go in there bare fisted, and they won't let him. We almost we almost miss talking about the crazy Jesse Ventura ethics of the gladiator speech. Yeah, he gives this whole speech about yeah the warrior's code. You know, like, I don't know it. This is why I think there were pages and pages of Ventura 
material yeah. that hit the cutting room floor. Like they they want to send him in, and he storms into like the the control room, the editing room, wearing half a suit of armor. Yeah, saying I'm not going to wear the armor. I'm not going to use weapons. I'm I don't need gimmicks to fight this guy. Yeah, and they won't let him go in. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> It's amazing, and I don't know if, like... Like, out of nowhere! Like, I like to think, I have no proof of this, okay. but I like to think that originally the, the script called for him to be loaded up with a bunch of weapons and go in there and do it, and Jesse was Jesse himself gave that speech about the warrior code to the director of the movie, and then they said, you know what, your thing is better. Yeah, right. And it didn't matter if it was better, because he refused to do anything else, yeah. and well, so they put it in. <laughs> By then he was an established pro wrestler. Well, he, well, yeah. So he's like, yeah, several I'm a wrestler. Of the, Let several me go of the stalkers were wrestlers, and well, one yeah. I believe was a football player. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah. gives this whole speech about the fucking, <laughs> like, the, the, the code of honor that is, that comes with being a fucking gladiator. I feel it's like, amazing. I feel like this is a film where the director allowed the cast to give notes. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. <laughs> And that is part of what makes it worth checking out. Actually, yeah. 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 So, uh, good on you, Johan. You, yeah. you picked a good one. People, a lot of people seem to like hearing us talk about movies and TV shows and stuff. And most of them suck. Yeah, they send us bad ones. They send us tattooed teenage alien fighters. Or they send us, you know, uh, what we, uh, Skyline. Yeah. We sent ourselves the Oogie Loves because we fucking hate ourselves. Right. <laughs> Not as much as we hate that movie, but no. yeah. No, well, yeah, no, we found something to hate that night. Yeah. But, my God, somebody sent us a good movie for a change, and thank you, Johan. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. So, until next week, you know, be on the lookout for our Old Guy One Direction cover band coming soon. Right. We're going to find some old guys. Send those topics to topics at thebeak.org, facebook.com, slash breakfast at the beak, breakfast at the beak, dot tumble, dot com, at the beak, and at Doc Heisenberg on Twitter. Okay. Or talk to us at a party. Yeah. That's easier. I gotta go look up what some One Direction songs actually are. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Bob O'Reilly or something. Alright. Okay. I've seen you before. You're the asshole on TV. This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.